7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with Cake in for the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. So which show did Buckeye go to last night? Was I it, believe the show was Exodus. Was it Exodus last night? Okay. Let me, uh, he posted it to his uh, Instagram. See, so. I, I've been told I'm not allowed to, to follow him or anything on, on social media. Actually, he's, he's like, well, if you want to be a Facebook friend, why don't you request me? I go, I don't want you to request me. Why do I have to be? Why do, I, why do I have to be the one to do that? Why why can't it be you? Just someone make a decision. <laughs> one one so or the other. I, Exodus sounds right. I think you would yeah, it's, it's, uh It was at Mesa Theater, Exodus, and Fit for an Autopsy. So, <laughs> Which is an interesting <laughs> okay. name for a band. Okay, but. I, and, and I've loved heavy metal for a long time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the band names even still just to me, it's it's so spinal tap -ish. startling. <laughs> so it's so right at a spinal tap. All right. So it is a uh, wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Got something on your mind. Need to get off your chest. Send it to us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. <laughs> 1340. Okay, what that prompts this is a very uh, impromptu okay. topic. Worst band name you've ever heard. So there is an answer to this, but it's two words that I cannot say on the air. Okay, and, and once again, if you send these in, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be read depending it's, on what the name is. Uh, is there God. a way? Is there a way to sanitize it? Oh God, no! Oh FCC God, no! Okay, no, 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 because they're they're both. Words that mean body parts, and not okay. and not very not like shoulder or elbow. We're talking like, you know, okay. <laughs> but if I were to tell you, you would be like, oh yeah, that's an awful, awful, awful name. Let's see. There was one in college that I think I I can't. Show. I think this is okay. It was scraping feces off the wheel. Okay. Don't don't ask. I don't because keep in mind this was pre-internet. Hey, why do they call themselves that? Right. But you can you know obviously yeah. now you can do that. Why do they? Why do they? Why are they called in excess? Why are they called whatever? You know. You, back then you couldn't do it, but that was the name of the band. I believe they were a punk band. Duh. With a yeah, name like that. A name like that. Yeah, that's that's not an indie acoustic band. <laughs> Performing at your local coffee shop. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hope you got your lattes. Hope you enjoy a great set from Scraping Feces Off the Wheel. We call this song Wildflowers. <laughs> Isn't that just Tom Petty? Shh. Shh. Just enjoy the music, man. Tom would appreciate it. He would. <laughs> no. He'd appreciate the tribute. No, he would not. No, probably not. He <laughs> most certainly would not. Don't think so. Spinning in his grave. Uh, if you, uh, by the way, before we get too far into the rabbit hole, I'm going to take us just a little bit off the ditch. Just a little bit back. A little bit more. I'm going to take us off a little bit more, actually. Um, the Tom Petty documentary about wildflowers. Oh? You have Amazon Prime right now that um, they found a lot of footage of when Tom was recording the album in the 90s. Of course, Rick Rubin produced it. 
And at one point, it's going to be a double album. And right. then Rick here a couple of years ago took all those extra songs and and re-released Wildflowers with all the extra songs when they thought about making it a double album. They chose not to because most double albums fail horrifically. Miserably. Epic fail. And so, um, but they found a lot of footage that was shot during that period of time. Huh. With, with Tom, about Tom Petty making Wildflowers, which was kind of where it was kind of a Tom Petty solo record, but then Mike Campbell was very prominent when they were recording it. And right. Ben Montage played on it, and that's when Tom was going through starting his divorce from his from his first wife at that time. The divorce that he had from Stan Lynch, their their longtime drummer, was that period of time. There's a lot of stuff going on in the life of Tom Petty, and the songs kind of reflect, if you listen to Wildflowers, kind of reflect what he was going through. But it's a really good documentary. Okay. Strongly suggest you check it out. I will give it a gander. Yeah. And uh, another interesting one, if you want to go back to the early roots of rock and roll, finally watched uh, the Little Richard documentary. Oh, Okay. There's a lot. He was definitely one of the creators of rock and roll. Oh, for sure. Of the of the of the very big presence as a front man oh, yeah. and, and all those kind of things. But uh, but two uh, kind of interesting rock documentaries. You want to check them out. But uh, the Tom Petty ones are really really good. All right. So it's seven oh six. Buckeyes probably probably enjoyed ears are still bleeding from Exodus last night. I'm sure. Oh yeah. But he probably wasn't real happy. And we looked on his phone and saw that his beloved Ohio State Buckeyes dropped all the way out of the top four for the college football playoffs. Fell all the way to six. And so he probably... Hey, was, guys, you big chewy pretzels here. Probably tried to soothe his unhappiness. We'll, with a few uh, libations, a few, a few libations last night at the concert. We'll get into it in four down territory, but Buckeye boy may have been having it rough after the Ohio State game, but he was not the worst, <laughs> and he was not the worst radio personality to have a rough go of it after that Ohio State Michigan game. So is uh, some sound check coming up in a little bit? Uh, not sound check. Oh, it's Fort, Fort Fort territory. So. I don't have the audio because we don't have that kind of time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which was part of the problem. All right. So um, we'll, uh, we'll have Fort Down territory later on. Uh, so Connor McGahee today. The uh, Warrior Challenge this weekend. Yes. As the high school basketball season gets underway, John Sedanich, Central Warriors head coach, Palisade coach Corey Hitchcock will join us this hour, by the way to uh, talk about their respective basketball teams. And uh, Brian Roth will join us. The Rams, 20th ranked. How about that? After they knocked off previously 8th ranked Creighton on Thanksgiving Day. So the uh, the Rams take on Colorado. It's the first time ever in the series that CSU has been the ranked team. And not CU. And not CU. Which startles me because CU has been playing pretty good. 5-1. and one. Colorado State 6-0. and oh. With a win against then eighth-ranked Creighton, so uh, we'll have the game on the team tonight. To Mark Johnson, we'll have the call with Scott Wilkie for a game at six thirty. But we'll talk with Brian Roth coming up at uh, nine o'clock this morning. Also this morning, uh, a real treat to have a Ridgeway basketball coach, uh, Chassa Hall of Famer legend Steve Hill, will join us. They're dedicating the gym to him in Ridgeway on Saturday. 
And uh, we're going to be joined by Steve and his son, Scott. And I believe, uh, if not uh, both of his daughters, Tracy is a Hall of Famer as well. Chassa Hall of Famer. Having, uh, when they name part of the bracket after you for the girls' say basketball That's tournament. You know. you know that... Uh, you had, a, you had a nice little career. You're pretty good. Pretty solid uh, go of it. And I don't know if Tracy's going to join us uh, today on that or not, but I know uh, Scott, who is still the all-time leading rebounder in state history, played a Mesa. Uh, Scott's officiated basketball for a long time, and I believe uh, Steve's wife will also uh, be part of it. Uh, we're going to talk with him coming up at uh, 9.30 this morning on the program. So uh, text or call us, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Got some thoughts about the CFP playoffs. Now we have conference championship games this weekend. And you've got Washington, Oregon. Now the top four teams are all undefeated. They're all 12 and 0. But which of those four teams, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, do you think lose this weekend? Florida State. And if they lose, are they out? Yes. So you're thinking it's going to be Florida State. I think it's Florida State. I, you know, it was a nice, fun little uh, adventure with what's-his-face, the backup quarterback, going against Florida. And admittedly, compared to other Florida teams in the past, probably not great, not as good as they once were. I, I would say it's that's fair to say the Florida State is the most vulnerable. Jordan Travis done for the season. Tate, uh, Roadmaker got the start, did not look great. That Florida State still won over Florida 24 to 15, but he did not look good at all in that game. I think of they are the most vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, of of the of the four that are that are playing this weekend. I would say and I, I hate to say this, but you I'm going to, to Michigan's got the they're in. Michigan's in. You don't. You don't trust your Iowa Hawkeyes. No, guys to... no, I don't. I think. I think. I think the the scrappy little fighting Hawks with their defense will hang in for a little while, and then JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum and company, will go out and uh, punch their ticket officially to the college football playoffs. You talk about a nightmare scenario for the college football playoff selection committee. That's the nightmare scenario. Because if Iowa somehow, some way manages to pull off the upset and beats Michigan, that's going to trigger all sorts of chaos. Because then you cannot possibly justify leaving Michigan or, or I'm sorry, Ohio State out of it. But they lost to Michigan. But they but, lost to Michigan. That's it. That's going to be that's going to be the card that that Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines can play. Oh well, yeah, but. We we might have lost in this fluky thing where he had five turnovers and right. and Iowa only had to move the ball down the field like ten yards because we kept turning it over. So then you talk and, about teams like Texas that are kind of on the bubble there, or, or you know, and then you got Washington and Oregon, two teams that I think are totally viable for the college football playoff. But you're not going to put two Pac-12 teams in there, especially since that conference no. quite literally is dying. So here's the question. I mean, there's a lot of questions. Pyle, we want your thoughts on this today. Say Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC title game. Which would also be a nightmare scenario. So what direction do you go there? Do you take Georgia defending, you know, repeat national champion out of the college football playoffs? Because because the four teams that are at the top right now are all undefeated. They're all 12-0. and 
So if they lose, say Washington loses to Oregon, they're a one, it's a one-loss Oregon team. Do you value the Pac-12 title game win and more of what you've done lately, what you've done this weekend over the, the work, the body of work Washington's put together throughout the course of the season? Because they both be 11-1. and one. And if you're the college football playoff committee, how do you go... Yeah, you're both eleven, and you're both you're you're both now twelve and one. But uh, Oregon, we're going to keep you out anyway. But wait, but if I'm sorry, Ducks. But I'm Dan Lanning. I'm going. Wait a minute, we just beat them in the Pac-12 title game. How do you keep us out? How do you tell us no? We won our conference championship game, and this gets into how valuable conference championship games are outside of the TV dollars and and and, and that aspect of it. Because there's some... In, Michigan, to me, and this, once again, I love rooting for Iowa, and it's it's a fun story. By the way, the Iowa-Michigan... Oh. <laughs> it's the lowest total ever in a conference title game as far as the... Uh, the over-under. The over-unders. Can I guess what it is? Just go, go right ahead. 39 and a half. You're too high. <laughs> like way too high? Or? Not way too high, but you're a little high. 30, 31 and a half? You're, a little, you're, you're too low now. Okay, so somewhere. You've got it. You've got it split, split the difference. You've got it surrounded. 34 and a half. 35. 35. Okay, so there you go. Lowest over under for a conference title game dating back to 2000. Oof. And you know what? Uh, broke the previous record of 39 in the 08 ACC championship game between Virginia Tech and Boston College. And you know what? Michigan could very well hit that oh, over on their own. Excuse me. I'm sorry. That number, they, they said it opened at 35. Oh? It's now close to what you said. It's 34.5. There you go. I had to look down a little farther. Yeah, and you know what? You know what? You could very well see the over being hit just on Michigan alone. <laughs> Yeah. No disrespect to your Hawkeyes, but well, I mean. Well, it's okay. They're, they're a 23 and a half point underdog to Michigan. Oof. But again. But, but stranger things have happened. Weird things happen. I just don't think the weird thing's going to happen in Indianapolis Saturday night between Iowa and Michigan. I just don't think that weird thing's going to happen. Put it on tape. Cut, cut that clip. We've, we've got it right here. But, I mean, you look at it. I mean, with, with Washington, because you got Washington, Oregon. Mm. One loss, Oregon. You have Georgia, Alabama. One loss, Alabama. I mean, those, those, it feels like those should be kind of elimination games a little bit that if whoever loses may not stay in the top Four. I think Georgia ends up. I get the feeling though that Georgia will end up being there regardless. I wouldn't wouldn't shock me. They find some way to vault Alabama into it. I don't know. I mean, you got you got Texas that's got Oklahoma State. I think yeah, they they could be twelve and one. And what happens if Florida State loses? Oregon loses, then you would think Texas. To me, it feels like Ohio State's done. Yeah. That there's no there's no path forward here. That they dropped them all the way to six. They didn't just drop them to five or to four. They dropped them to sixth. 
it feels like there's no path forward here for Ohio State. Because they're, they're done. They, can't, they, they, they play the last game. They're done. And so it feels like they're done. At least that's the vibe I get. So got some reaction, something you want to whine about today. Whine about a Wednesday with Dallin Wine. Chance to win a bottle of wine, whatever you're pulling out of the oven, taking off the grill. You always have the perfect wine to pair you can, with it. You can cook with the wine, and sometimes you can even <laughs> put it on the food. Um, occasionally if you need to. Yeah, I, I wouldn't waste a <laughs> fantastic bottle of Talon wine for that, but if you need just a little splash of something, it, it'll, it's fine. But it is perfect, whatever they get. Whatever you're looking for, reds, looking for a Riesling. They make great gifts, too, especially make, for the upcoming holidays. Absolutely. It's perfect time to get a, a bottle, a case of Talon wine for a Christmas gift. All right, 717, and it's time for... What's happening? It's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. By partnering with you, they, they can maximize your investment and ensure your office technology is working efficiently. They can help you with PC and server support, backup and disaster recovery, even installing a new surveillance system or a new business phone system. They're your technology service partner. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to comwestcorp.com. All right, to lead things off with the college football playoff selection committee, uh, the rankings presented last night. Georgia's number one, followed by Michigan, Washington, Florida State. They're all 12 and 0 on the season. And it's Oregon at 11 and 1. Ohio State is sixth at 11 and 1, followed by 11 and 1. Texas, Alabama, Missouri's ninth at 10 and 2, and Penn State is 10 and 2, rounding out the top 10. So, uh, as we head into, of course, this weekend of the college uh, uh, conference championship games, some things to still be determined. But uh, Ohio State dropping all the way to sixth is a, a huge blow to the Buckeyes' chances in regard to making the college football playoffs. Uh, keeping it on college football, the Colorado Buffaloes are now in need of an offensive coordinator after NBC News 7 in San Diego has confirmed that CU offensive coordinator Sean Lewis will be the next coach at San Diego State. Lewis's Buffs offense averaged 32.1 points per game and 408.6 yards per contest, good for 32nd and 55th nationally. Then Coach Deion Sanders made the move to have former Broncos offensive coordinator and CU offensive analyst Pat Shermer take over the play calling. The bus average offense dropped to 20 points per game, and CU lost all four games that Shermer was the play caller. Tight ends coach Tim Brewster has also announced he is leaving the program. Once again, the uh, Sean Lewis news has not been made official. They expect to make an announcement today at San Diego State about uh, the hiring of Lewis but he would replace Brady Hoke as the Aztecs head coach. Another Buffs news, linebacker Marvin Ham II is hitting the transfer portal. He started the first four games of the season, but was moved into a backup role. He posted 36 tackles this season. The 20th-ranked Colorado State Rams men's basketball team will score off with an in, with in-state rival Colorado tonight in Fort Collins. The Rams moved into the top 25 after their Thanksgiving Day upset of previously 8th-ranked Creighton. CSU guard Isaiah Stevens leads the 6-0 Rams at 17.5 points per game. With 5-1 CU paced by K.J. Simpson's 18 points per game, it'll be the 131st meeting between the two, and the first time that CSU will be the ranked team. Pre-game is at 6.30 tonight with Mark Johnson and Scott Wilkie on the team. Sports Network, Colorado State and Air Force each had four players selected, the Mountain West first-team all-conference football team. CSU defensive end Mohamed Kamara is the conference's defensive player of the year after he posted 13 sacks and 17 tackles for loss. 
Kamara is the third Ram to win the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year Award. He's joined by Rams receiver Torrey Horton, tight end Dallin Holker, and defensive back Jack Howell. Air Force placed offensive lineman Tor Pegley along, along with defensive lineman P.J. Ramsey, linebacker Bo Richter, and defensive back Trey Taylor on the first team. The South Central Region Soccer Finale is tomorrow at Community Hospital Unity Field. The CMU women's soccer team is hosting for a chance to play in the NCAA quarterfinals on Saturday. First, they have to take on RMAC rival, the UCCS Mountain Lions. Mavs goalkeeper Keeley Mazorik says playing a familiar team makes it that much harder. When you play against a team that you know so well, they also know you really well. So, yes, we like look at their plays and we look at what they've done in the past, but you never know what they're going to throw at you. Looking at a lot of film and seeing what we can come up with that can surprise them because as much as we can watch film on them, they can watch film on us. Game time tomorrow is 5 o'clock at Community Hospital Unity Field. The winner will face the West Regional Finals between Point Loma and Seattle Pacific on Saturday over at CMU. The On the Mat website has released their preseason high school wrestling rankings in 5A. Fruit of has seven wrestlers ranked in the top six in their weights. Wildcats freshman Kel Unrein is ranked first to 106. He was the state's 90-pound middle school champion last season. Central has four ranked wrestlers led by third-ranked J.P. Espinosa at 113. He's a two-time state qualifier. Grand Junction's Murphy Harris is ranked eighth at 126. And 4A Palisade has two ranked wrestlers with Tegan Young, Fourth of 106, he qualified for state last season. Montrose has three ranked wrestlers with 157-pound Daniel Alcazar, fourth. In 3A, Delta's Dawson Drosnick is ranked first of 113. He was third last season at 106. The Panthers also have Rip Lockhart ranked second at 175. In 1A, Cedar Edge has five ranked wrestlers, led by second-ranked Taylor Nelson at 138. North Fork has three ranked wrestlers with Charlie Miller and Lane Stroh, both ranked third at 138 and 144, respectively. Olathe's Trevor Pyatt is ranked fifth at 175 and that's a look at what's happening and it's brought to you by comwest your technology service partner if you need help with your business it backup and disaster recovery or a new business phone system call comwest today 970-242-8142 or check out their website comwestcorp.com all right the warrior challenge boys basketball tournaments this weekend coming up next we'll talk with central coach john sedanich that's on the way on the jim davis show on the team sports network Craptastic. Not just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Central Boys basketball with Coach John Sedanich on the team. And Warriors boys basketball coach John Sedanch brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Joins us on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, John Sedanich. John, good morning. How are you? Good, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I know you have to be excited. Your players are excited to get the season started with the Warrior Challenge out at your place this weekend. Going to take us through uh, what it's been like uh, getting ready for this season with uh, some big losses last year. We'll get to that uh, in just a moment of some of the players you you graduated from last year's team. But uh, how the guys have looked in terms of getting back on the floor after a a summer of, uh, of open gyms and camps and things like that. How the Warriors looking heading into this uh, opener with Summit? Yeah, I, well, we're about to find out, I guess. I, um, I think, uh, you know, we've been beating on each other for a while now, and it's definitely time to uh, get out and play somebody else. But, yeah, we had um, had a chance to scrimmage um, uh, three years ago. Us and the girls program started a, a Western Slope scrimmage day, and we had 
47 uh, JV and varsity games over at uh, CMU last Tuesday, so we had a chance to scrimmage. Uh, let's see, Aspen, uh, who's going to be a very good team, and uh, Roaring Fork, and so kind of got a chance to uh, get some action in and see what we need to work on and um, see what we're dealing with this year. What are some takeaways from those scrimmages of things you've really tried to, to work on as you get ready for this, the season to actually start coming up tomorrow? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just when you when you lose a core group of seniors like we did last year, just, uh, you know, we have guys that, you know, that have, uh, that have played and played a lot last year, played uh, played big minutes like Cam and uh, Jackson Amos and Amari and uh, Carson Kidd. Off, you know, they all came off the bench last year, but, you know, when you get thrown into that uh, big minute situation, it's a little bit different. So uh, just kind of learning how they're going to react to those things and how they're going to lead. And and uh, we got Rylan uh, Nostrands back for us this year, which is a uh, uh, just really looking forward to having him again. And and you had him on just a very limited basis last year, correct? What's that? I'm sorry. You, you had due to an injury, you had him on a little more limited basis last year. And Rylan knows. Yeah, too. actually, yeah, actually, right. You know, so Rylan started for us as a sophomore, and then um, last year he tore his labrum um, and uh, surgery in October. So we actually didn't have him all year last okay. year. Couldn't remember so if, he, he, if he was out the entire season or not. But thanks for for clarifying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it, it's you know he's still shaking off some rust, but um, just just having him having a little size just kind of puts everybody back kind of in natural positions and uh, makes a big difference for us. How how's he looked in terms of like you said didn't play at all last year because of the the injury they had during the baseball season? Uh, what have been the things that he's had to really work on? Ryland has to to get himself back into kind of uh, basketball shape and, and and get ready for this season. Yeah, you know, Ryland's such a great athlete, uh, as you, as we all know from his baseball success. And uh, so, you know, that, that has been an issue. I think anytime you take a year off, it's just, it's just footwork, just the, you know, little things and, and, you know, he's a post player. So just remembering some of those things and, and he picks things up and learns so quickly that, uh, you know, he's, he's getting back pretty quick. We're talking with John Sedanich, uh, Central Warriors boys basketball coach. Warrior Challenge starts this weekend out at Central High School. Uh, you lose a couple of your top scorers. You mentioned Braylon Scott, nine points per game last year. Christian Miller, uh, he was uh, just right under nine points per game. So you lose two of your top three scorers. How do you fill the void of those two guys, John? Yeah, I, you know, Ryland's going to be definitely be a part of that. I think, you know, uh, I think the one thing that we've had last year, and I think we'll have it again this year, is I, I don't think we're going to have a 15, 20 point guy. I think we're going to have a bunch of 9, 10, 11 point guys, and uh, which I have always, you know, I think that's a lot of fun to coach. And uh, so I, I think all those guys that came off the bench for us last year, you know, um, Cam's going to get his points. He, you know, he knows how to get to the basket. And, and uh, you know, Mari and Jackson and Carson are, just chomping at the bit to get out there and, and show what they can do. And, um, you know, our program's in a really unique spot. We've got eight seniors this year and, and, uh, one junior. And then the rest of our guys are, uh, freshmen and sophomores. So we're, so we're old and young at the same time. John Sedanich, Warriors boys basketball coach with us on the team sports network. 
Uh, we don't want to leave Cam Redding out because Cam was your leading scorer last year, 9.2 points per game. <laughs> uh, Want to save uh, the, the best for last year with Cam Redding, who had a, a sensational uh, season once again on the on the football field uh, for, for Ryan Whittington to help uh, get the Warriors uh, football team to the, the 4A state football playoffs. But uh, what have you seen in terms of Cam and and in preparation for, for his uh, senior season and what he means to this basketball team, John, in terms of a of a guy that seems like he's been playing a lot of men's since he was a freshman, uh, both you know in football, basketball. He's he's kind of that he's that guy. It seems like he's been there for ten years at Central because he started <laughs> playing so much as a freshman. I mean, this is a, a guy that uh, has has been there, done that, and it's it's great to have a a senior leader like him that has so much experience. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. You know, even though we uh, you know lost. Uh, some of those guys, you know, it's kind of like Braylon and Andrew, those guys, you know, seemed like they were around forever and, uh, from last year and, and Cam fits, fits right in that mold. And it's, you know, it's great to have, um, great to have a guy like that, that, you know, and Cam knows that we're going to kind of go as he goes. And, uh, when he's sharing the ball and getting his teammates involved, uh, you know, we're just going to be, uh, we're, you know, we're, I think it's going to be a fun group to watch. I'm, I'm looking forward to to watching them play this weekend. So, John Sedanich, Central Warriors boys basketball coach with us on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Jackson Amos is a guy that played a lot off the bench for you last year, senior this year, averaged five points per game. Uh, what's kind of his role this year for you, John, after uh, you used him as a really valuable piece off your bench last season? Yeah, you know, Jackson, probably one of the um, best shooters we've had in our program um, this the second time around for me in my five years. And, uh, he's, he's really just kind of added, uh, you know, he's been, he's really worked hard on getting to the basket and, uh, that piece to, uh, to open up his perimeter game a little bit. And, um, just, he's been a really good leader and, um, uh, dedicated and he's in the gym when no one's there and, uh, just, just looking forward to watching him grow this, this year also. And you have to be pleased with where your program is right now. I mean, with, you, you lose some some really good players, Braylon Scott uh, from, from last year, most notably. But you, you've been to the postseason now the last couple of years. Uh, had that, that game with uh, Palisade a couple of years ago. Uh, this past uh, basketball season, you lost to Palmer in, a, in a, just a, a heartbreaker, 67-65. It's, it speaks to the job you've done in your second time around here, John, in, in building this program to being a, a, a team that, expects to be in the playoffs every year yeah i think when uh you know when i took back over five years ago that this this was kind of the um you know my son's a senior and so all these kids have grown up together and so this is the last couple years and uh have been you know the years that we've been working hard for and and luckily i've been to get, get to stick with it and we've got and we've got a lot of great young players in our program also. I, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, we've got a sophomore, Jaime uh, Padilla, that, um, you know, is pushing some of these seniors. And uh, Blake Rooks, who's a freshman, uh, he's also pushing some of these guys. And so, yeah, I, I just uh, really enjoy and happy where our program's at right now. Let's talk about Summit. That's who you open up uh, the tournament with. You, you beat them last year at the, the Warrior Challenge. And it's a, a Summit basketball team that uh, last year in, in Western Slope League uh, kind of finished with a, a flurry. They did a nice job uh, at the end of the season. 
Um, they uh, they picked up four wins at the at the end of uh, the regular season last year. Um, so they they ended up eight and fifteen, six and eight in their league. They did pick up those as I mentioned those four consecutive Western Slope League wins, and they got Hank Chabot, that's a, a pretty good player for them. Give us a little scouting report of uh, of the Summit team that you face uh, to open up the Warrior Challenge. Yeah, I if I remember right, I think they have quite a few of their guys coming back, and uh, they uh, you know they're going to be big, strong kids, and uh, I, I know we're going to have our our handful. Uh, you know, have our hands full uh, with them right away, right out of the gate, and uh, looking for a, a competitive game with them. I, you know, obviously first game of the year, you never know what you know where people are at, but um, but yeah, I, I know uh, the one thing I do remember about them last year is just being big and strong, and um, that gave us a little bit of trouble at times. So we'll we'll have to see if we can navigate that. All right, so uh, tomorrow. So Central has Summit six thirty tomorrow night out at Central High School. And uh, first game tomorrow, what, uh, 3.30 for that, John, the first game at the Warrior Challenge tomorrow? Yeah, 3.30 and then every hour and a half, I believe. So 3.35, 6.30, and 8. All right. The times. And so you can so. always call it Central High School to get ticket prices on that. And it wraps up on Saturday. And on the Team Sports Network, we'll have coverage of all four of the games Saturday out at uh, the Warrior Challenge, leading up to our coverage of Cabrera Mesa basketball at Metro State on Saturday. Hey, John, always a pleasure to catch up. Thank you so much, and uh, and best of luck. Uh, of course, starting out with Summit, uh, followed by Rifle, Moffat County, and Colorado Academy, or actually uh, Rifle and Moffat County to wrap up uh, the tournament at the Warrior Challenge this weekend. Always appreciate the time, John. Yeah, good to talk to you, Jim. We'll see you soon. Right, take care. John Sedanich, coach of the Central Warriors boys basketball team, joining us on the program. So, uh, Warriors, like I said, 16-7 and seven last year. They went 5-3 and three in league. Played really well last year in league, and um, you know we'll go into the the state tournament once again. Lost that that close sixty seven sixty five game to, to Palmer in the first round of the four A state basketball tournament. But uh, it all begins with the Warrior Challenge this weekend. Once again, our coverage will start at uh, we're pregame is at eight thirty. Correct? I think so. Okay, because I, I think first game's at nine on correct. Saturday. Eight thirty. I have to ask you these things. We have so much stuff going on. Uh, 8.30 on Saturday morning. And then, uh, of course, we'll have all four games uh, on Saturday right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, 7.37. Jim along with Kate today in for the Buckeye boy, whose ears are still bleeding probably from from Exodus last night. All right. So we'll have uh, Corey Hitchcock, Palisade Boys basketball coach, coming up. It's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Actor Bradley Cooper was on the Howard Stern Show earlier this week, and Howard brought up Bradley Cooper's love of the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's the big question, and I really want you to answer this in a serious manner. Okay. You win the Oscar, not only for Best Director, but Best Actor, and Carrie Mulligan wins Best Actress, or... The Eagles have a Super Bowl victory. What Eagles do you Super choose? Bowl victory. What? Wow. What? Eagles. I know. You're lying I'm now, sick. aren't you? I don't think so, bro. No. No. The Eagles. I'm not lying. I'm you not know lying you live again. in New York now, right? <laughs> Bradley Cooper would rather his Eagles get another Super Bowl than him win an Oscar. That's how dedicated an Eagles fan he is, even amongst, amongst uh, frenemies in New York. <laughs> Mad respect for Bradley Cooper to go there. But in putting team over self. Exactly. Putting team over the individual accolades. 
I respect that immensely. Now, I love my Denver Broncos, but if I had the chance to potentially win an Oscar, sorry, Denver, I'm not 100% wow. sure I'd reject that. <laughs> you hear that, pal? <laughs> hear that? Hear that? Oh. Now, I'd rather, mm. you know, sort of... Interesting. Sort of, ¿por qué no mm. los dos? Mm. Why can't I have both? Well, no, you have you to know, pick one. No, that's, you, and this, but that's what I'm saying. If I were a successful actor like Bradley Cooper, who I don't actually know if he has an Oscar or not, but nonetheless, if that opportunity presented itself, and I think it's a little different for Eagles fans because, I mean, but they they went last year and they won few years back, but that was their first one in decades. For the Broncos, it's a little different. We have our three. And who knows? Maybe this winning streak continues all the way. <laughs> all the way to... I can't even say it with a straight face. I love you, Broncos. But I, don't think, I, just, I don't think this team I, this just, year is going... Yeah, I never has won nominated, obviously, for... Got nominated for Silver Linings Playbook. Which is in which he is an Eagles fan. Uh, American Hustle got nominated. Oh, what else did he get nominated for? Was he nominated for um, Stars Born? Yes, Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay. Because I believe he helped write the screenplay too. I believe he did, but has not won. No, has not won an Oscar. Good mm. for the Leonard Bernstein. Oh, yeah. That, that's coming out. What, Maestro? I think it's coming out. That sounds right. So, um, yeah, he's not won one. So, so again, there you go. You I'm would just, rather. I'm just saying that's why, that's why I like Bradley Cooper. Team, team over individual accolades. Exactly. You got you to have respect. You, on the other it. hand, no, just give me mine. Give me mine. Give me my, give me my praise, my love. But let's, let's be perfectly clear here. Bradley Cooper is in a much better position to win an Oscar than yours truly. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so, that's, uh, that's that's true. <laughs> I think the Broncos have a significantly better chance of going to the Super Bowl this year than I will ever have a chance of winning an Oscar that ever. Is, that is very accurate. Same here. Same here. You way way better chance of that happening than you and I. Sit there. I want to thank the Academy. You like me. You really, you really like, like me. me. <laughs> I actually will say this though. We had a when I was in high school. We had a. Uh, Guy, he was a documentary filmmaker who was talking at our school, and he won an Oscar for one of the documentaries he made, and he brought the actual, like, statue with him. That's pretty cool. I lost the picture, but it was it was still pretty cool. It was heavy. Of course, let us not forget another big entertainment award, the Grammys, made down the road. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. Down a Ridgeway. Yeah. Swear. I did not yeah. know this. Yeah. How did I... Go this long without knowing that. Yeah. All right, 742. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And uh, Corey Hitchcock, coach of the Palisade Boys basketball team, will join us next on the Jim Davis Show. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line. 970-242-1340. Get in the huddle with Palisade Boys basketball coach Corey Hitchcock on the team. And Bulldogs boys basketball coach Corey Hitchcock brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Corey Hitchcock joins us. Corey, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning, Jim. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I think when I think of maybe the two most active coaches in the Valley on social media, uh, Michael Wells is pretty busy on there. But I, I think you are the king, though, of local high school basketball social media. You are constantly posting pictures from, from open gym, from things you're doing with your players. Uh, if, if, yeah, if you want to know what's going on with Palisade Boys basketball, get on, get, well, listen to us here, but also get on social media because you are always posting stuff on there. I think that's, that's so cool how people get a chance to, to learn more about your players by the way you do that. No, it's, it's fun. And I, I, I thought Mike, I, I think Mike, Mike beats me, but I'll take the crown, I guess. Uh, no, we, we, we definitely try to promote our program. We want people to know that these boys are in the gym working hard and, uh, you know, we're proud of these guys, you know, they, they, we want to make sure they get the recognition for all their hard work. And, uh, and we want people to know that, uh, these kids are dedicated and, uh, and want to be great. Well, I'm starting maybe a little social media rivalry between you and coach Wells, you know, going down the road, since you guys are going to be in the same league here after this season, uh, you know, starting a little rivalry between the two of you. I'm gonna let Mike have it. I'll, I'll text him after this and tell him that he can have the media crown. Okay, you can just, you can just give him give him the social media crown. Uh, well, last year was was a rough one for your basketball team after some very successful seasons, winning the Western Slope League. Uh, you know, nice runs in, in the postseason. Nine and fourteen last year. You went one and five in the Western Slope League in the five A Western Slope League, and and and, and you lose uh, you know some some really good players like Nicholas Campbell, Josh Zotto to graduation. There were couple of your better players last year, but you have Luke Fay back and you got the big fella uh, that was your leading scorer last year and certainly a, a big difference maker for you returning here in 2023. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, you know, we were young last year. You know, we had only a couple of seniors and Nick and Josh were a big part of what we do. And, uh, and we definitely didn't have a year, but we had a, that we wanted, but we had a lot of youth. And so we were excited about, uh, you know, building that youth and, and now we're going to we getting all those guys back. Uh, we only have you know we, we lost Zach Anderson this year uh, due to injury, but we only have you know three seniors total, and uh, so we're, you know really junior heavy. And so these guys that were sophomores last year, so they're coming back in year two. I think their their expectations are a little higher than they were last year as well. I think they're a little bit more hungry, and I think they're uh, excited to get on the court. But you know we lost we lost them. Uh, key guys for us and uh you know that's high school basketball you got to get new guys to step up and do their job and i, I think our, we have guys that can do that you know I, I did reference luke fay who was your leading score rebounder last year i don't see him on your roster can you tell us where it, it, is luke no longer part of your team no actually luke fay moved to florida over the summer with his okay. family and his family moved to florida uh so he's playing down in florida at a school, uh, I get it's cool. I get some videos from his dad uh, here and there, and I get to talk to Luke a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, they moved to Florida. That's a tough guy to replace. Like I said, leading scorer, leading rebounder last year. How do you how do you offset that loss, uh, Corey, in terms of your front court? Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, that's going that is definitely gonna be hard to replace. Luke's a special talent. Uh, he did a lot of good things. He he could score the ball well. He was great on the glass. He you know, he, he was a rim protector, so we don't have that size this year. We're, we're smaller. Uh, this is probably the smallest team I've had since I've been here. Uh, but we're fast, and the guys work hard. And it's going to be, you know, we're going to have to do it uh, by committee this year. There's not going to be one person that's going to be able to carry that load. We're going to have to all do our part and chip in and and uh, and carry their weight. 
Well, a guy that certainly led your basketball team last year, put a lot, you know, a lot of expectations on him as a freshman, as your point guard, uh, Hunter Howard Bones, uh, who was your point guard last year, sophomore uh, now for your basketball team. What have you seen, uh, Corey, in terms of his development and and being your your floor general? Oh yeah, Bones is. I mean, obviously, year two is a little bit easier for him because he knows what my expectations are. Uh, he knows what the expectations of the team are, and so he. Uh, He's grown a lot. I think the summer was a huge growth process for him as well. Um, and so uh, he's looking to, you know, he's been able to score a little bit better for us this year, which I'm excited about. Uh, he can facilitate uh, to guys. Um, he's running He's running our as our floor general per se. You know, we have a couple of guys that can get the ball and go. We don't traditionally just kind of give it to Bones and have him set up. We, we want to play a little faster this year. so uh, But he can get the ball and go. But you know, overall, uh, Bones is—you know—Bones Bones looks like he's a junior right now <laughs> on the court, which is which is nice for me because uh, you know I'm probably harder on our point guards than anybody else, and you know he he, he catches a lot of the heat when things aren't going right, and uh, he just he burdens that and uh, and takes it on and and translates that to the court and, and, and to the guys. Bulldogs boys basketball coach Corey Hitchcock with us today on the Team Sports Network. Of your uh, top returning scores, uh, Fred Moore is your, your top returning guy from last year, almost five points per game and just under three rebounds per contest. Uh, uh, what have you seen in him, uh, Corey, in terms of uh, of taking on more of a, a, a scoring role, more of a, a leadership role for this basketball team? Yeah, Fred's done a really good job. I mean, last year I thought he forced a lot of shots at times and it put himself in some tough positions. Uh, you know, and, and I think this year he's kind of taking what the defense is giving him and picking him apart a little bit, you know, in our scrimmages that we played. Uh, he's doing a good job of, you know, uh, taking what the defense is giving him, not tr- really trying to force anything. So we've seen a little bit more uh, scoring out of him, which has been nice. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he can do a lot of different things inside and out. And uh, and I think, you know, having him on the glass is going to be important. Also, I think Cyrus Lawrence has done a good job in that filling that spot as well. Him and Fred are kind of taking on that five role for us. And uh Cyrus did a great job on the boards and been able to, you know, find some open spots to score. So uh, you know, both of those guys are our two seniors that are getting to play. Uh, you know, they they kind of took on this challenge of, of being our big man and, and really embraced it. Corey Hitchcock, coach of the Palisade Bulldogs boys basketball team with us. The Warrior Challenge gets started tomorrow out at uh, Central High School, five o'clock. Palisade uh, squares off against Moffat County. The Bulldogs already have a game under their belt. Uh, they lost to Uinta 76-59. Uh, what have you uh, seen or or been able to do a little scouting in regard to Moffat County team that you faced last year to open up uh, the Warrior Challenge and unfortunately lost in that opener last year to them 50-31? to Yeah, you know, well, first off, Uinta has a very good basketball team. And, but, you know, Moffat, you know, we watched that game. Moffat, uh or had a, the ability to watch it. Moffitt is a, uh, they're big. You know, they got some size down in the post. They got a, they got a point guard that is pretty good. He can shoot it and he's active. Um, you know, they like to run a zone. Um, you know, they're going to try to press us at times. So I think, you know, for us, we, we, we saw him this summer, so we kind of know what to expect from him as well. Uh, you know, I think last year, um, uh, you know, opening game, a lot of the guys first time on varsity, you know, they were a little nervous. The nerves got to us and we turned the ball over too much. Um, you know, I, I think this year the guys are going to come in a little bit more calm, cool, and collective. Um, 
and it'll be a little bit more ready than we were last year. Uh, but Ebon is going to be a, a tough, a tough opponent. They're they're big and and they got guards that can play, and we got to be able to come out and defend and take care of the basketball and put the points up on the board. All right, so uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow night out at Central High School, the Warrior Challenge. Palisade scores off against Moffitt County. We'll have coverage on the team Saturday of all four of the Saturday games with pregame for that first one at 8.30 on Saturday morning. Corey, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, Jim. You guys have a great day. You too. Take care. Corey Hitchcock, coach of the Palisade Boys basketball team, with us on the Jim Davis Show. All right, so uh, next hour, we'll talk with Montrose football coach Brett Mertens. Uh, Montrose losing in the 4A semifinals in a, in a heartbreaker, 25-22 to Erie. Um, very emotional game for Montrose. We'll talk with Brett Mertens, uh, kind of uh, wrapping up the season and also looking ahead to, to next year. Loses some some really talented players off that uh, Montrose Red Ox football team that uh, made another deep run in the 4A postseason. So uh, we'll have Brett Mertens next hour, also Connor McGahee, the uh, voice of the Avalanche, will join us as well. The Avalanche have been red hot. Special teams have been really good as the Avs are back on top in the Central Division standings. Love that. After uh, this uh, run that they've been on, we'll talk with Connor McGahee next hour. But it is a Wine About It Wednesday with Talon Wine. If you got something you want to complain about today, feel free. Thoughts about the college football playoff, rankings from last night, what might happen this weekend. And just if you got something to complain about, Call us, text us, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340.